about that time. It is time to recap NXT, and we are going to start to give you guys the stories, the backstories for NXT War Games, which is this Sunday, December 3rd. And I believe they will have a pre-show, so it may start at 7 instead of at 8, but here we go. So, the initial War Games is set up for two matches now. The women's match and the men's match. Both matches have two very different dynamics. Let's dive into the dynamic of the women's match. So for the women, it's a much easier dynamic to understand. It's a bit convoluted because there's multiple stories in there, but it's pretty simplistic. One side doesn't like the other due to one other the other's actions, and therefore they are at odds. So let's start off with Toxic Attraction. Toxic Attraction had a banger of a year. Mandy Rose left her partner from the Power Blondes behind and decided to venture into NXT territory. It was new, it was fresh, and Sis was way ahead of the competition. She knew that she could break in there and kind of weasel her way through all of that mess that's going on in NXT and become one of the top stars due to the fact that she already had some stardom on the main roster and coming into NXT was like a shark in semi-infested waters. So she went down to NXT and did some scouting and she came across Miss JC Jaden and Gigi Dolan. Now, while Gigi Jolin and JC had some success as a tag team, they weren't exactly getting out of the blocks. So Mandy took some notes and saw that these girls had potential to be great. Plus, she needed a little backup to be able to keep that title because we all know that bitch ain't going to be able to keep that title on her own. She decided to recruit these two girls as her new, I guess you could say, protégés. But, again, side note. We all know that Gigi Dolan is a light years ahead of Mandy Rose. And I will argue you to the ground about that. Anyway, Mandy decided to recruit the girls on her team because she knew at their lowest, which is where they were when they lost, Mandy knew she could have take that vulnerability, turn it into to dependency, and have them forever at her beckoning call and make them into champions by using the tactics she learned from her old days in, in WWE and, of course, from her own mentor, Miss Paige. Now, Mandy created the faction Toxic Attraction, and they set their sights on NXT Gold. And it was not long before Mandy obtained the NXT Women's Championship from the ever-dominating Raquel. And on the very same night, JC and Gigi ended up obtaining the NXT Tag Team Champions from Io Shirai and Zoe Starks. Now, what does this all have to do with War Games? As Toxic Attraction rose to the top of the mountain of the NXT Women's Division, they ruffled some feathers, caused a lot of problems. Toxic Attraction did any and everything to get to where they are. And therefore, it means cheating, arrogance, and always, always, always belittling their competition to ensure that they have them beaten down at every single aspect. 
while Mandy was out here telling everybody she was going to win. I'm going to win. I'm going to be the champion. I don't think she expected Dakota Kai to come in and help her win at Halloween Havoc. However, that is exactly what happened. While Toxic Attraction was obtaining titles, Dakota Kai was on the outside planning and plotting her revenge on Raquel Gonzalez. Now, Raquel and Dakota have a very complicated relationship, which starts back a few years ago. Dakota turned on her best friend at the time, which was Tegan Knox, a few years ago in War Games. And when that turn happened, the world, all of us were aghast. What is going on? Dakota was finally through with the nice girl routine. And the final straw for her was when Rhea Ripley picked medium over her and when Tegan didn't stand up for her or you know defend her at any time Dakota had had it so she attacked me and she was put in her spot and in the time that she was called into war games she attacked Tegan Knox and put her on the shelf Tegan was gone for almost a year while Dakota Kai was running around getting awards and becoming one of the most popular females in NXT when Tegan returned, however, she set her sights on Dakota Kai. And Dakota Kai, of course, was prepared and ready. Her and Tegan had a bitter feud that ultimately ended up in a match for the two of them. In that match, Dakota generally was losing. And all of a sudden, a very strong, beautiful woman comes from the back and helps Dakota win the match against Tegan. After that, another match was set for the two. She helped Dakota win again. And these two became inseparable. Raquel became Dakota's big mommy. And Dakota became Raquel's ticket to the big scene of NXT. For a while, almost two years, Dakota and Raquel were causing havoc on the NXT roster, from it being Io Shirai to it being at the time when Ember came back to it being any and everybody on the roster. They did everything they could to try to destroy and tame and dominate. And eventually, their tactics got them to the big scene. Dakota Kai was able to challenge for the NXT championship, but at that time, Io Shirai was champion. And while Dakota had racked up wins and Raquel was at her side as her best friend, Raquel was the one who was getting all of the accolades and all the fun. They went into war games together and they won. Raquel got a pin on the champion to win war games, which eventually led to her being challenged by Io Shirai, bypassing Dakota Kai in her entirety. Dakota Kai was getting left in the dust. She didn't like that. But she kept her cool, didn't say a word, and just kept quiet. Meanwhile, Raquel slowly rose to the top of NXT's women's division, becoming the NXT women's champion, defeating Io Shirai, and blowing through the entire roster. With Dakota Kai's help, of course. Now, the NXT Women's Championships 
were brought into play, as was the main roster women's championships. They lost that match through cheating, true enough. But William Rico decided that those girls earned an opportunity at the titles, and therefore they were given the new NXT Women's Tag Team Championships. However, that victory was short-lived. They talked a lot of shit, bragged about being the dominant tag team in the women's division. But just a short hour later, Sis and her big mommy lost the titles to Shotzi Blackheart and Ember Moon. And, well, Dakota Kai's dreams to hold gold were crushed again. A month later, <laughs> Raquel Gonzalez would obtain the NXT Women's Championship and rise to the top of the women's division. And as I said before, she would blow through the entire division and be champion until Dakota got tired. Her very last challenger, Miss Ember Moon, they had a banger of a match. And that was the last time that Raquel Gonzalez was blowing through the roster and having her friend by her side. That very next Tuesday, she and Raquel came out and made it very clear that Raquel was a dominant, defending, and reigning champion. And that there was no woman back there in that locker room that can come up against them and take them down. Raquel smiled and said, if you want it, come and get it. And she grandstanded and she cheered and took in her accolades from the fans, all boos and cheers. And then she suffered the fate of all of Dakota Kai's adversaries. A big kick from Team Kick. And that was the betrayal of Dakota Kai against her very best friend, Raquel Gonzalez, which led to a very decent feud between the two and a good match to which Raquel Gonzalez ended up retaining the title. Dakota Kai disappeared into the wind and Raquel Gonzalez continued to be champion. As I said before, toxic attraction was on the rise and NXT 2.0 was coming into fruition. And while everything was going according to plan, Dakota Kai was in the wings, plotting and waiting and giving her, just waiting for that ultimate opportunity to rip everything from Raquel Gonzalez's grasp. And that is exactly what she did. Halloween Havoc comes around and Mandy somehow scores herself a championship shot. Well... Mandy and Raquel have a street fight, decided by Chucky himself. The fight was nice. Raquel rode in on a brand new motorcycle, at least it was new to us. Brand new gear that was green and pretty. Sis's makeup was fire. Hair was ready and done. Oh, she was serving. Meanwhile, Mandy coming in looking like a ripoff between the bottle service girls at the club and Tomb Raider. But I digress. She also debuted some new hair, which I forgot to mention. She went from being Mandy Rose to Teresa Italiano. You like that? I like that. That was funny. <laughs> Shout out to my boy Don. He's the one who named it Teresa. Anyway, she went with a darker hair, a darker tone, 
and she switched up her tempo. Although everyone is still sweethearts and honeys, Mandy has evolved in some spaces. But I digress. Raquel and Mandy were battling it out. Mandy was taking it to Raquel, not going to lie. But Raquel ultimately was getting the drop on Mandy and she looked like she had this match in the bag, just like the countless of others that she has had before. But she didn't count on Dakota Kai coming back with a shovel, hitting her in the back and costing her her NXT Women's Championship. All hell breaks loose and everyone's wondering who this dark and mysterious foe is. Because if I neglected to tell you, which I believe that I did, she showed up with the shovel, but a black veil covering her head and her feet. Similar to the robes you would see with, um, I don't know, Voldemort from Harry Potter. Or if you're not a Harry Potter fan, I don't know, think Skull and Bones or, you know, the secret societies and they make you wear those robes or at least they make it look like they make you wear those robes. I don't know. I ain't never been in no secret society. But anyway, <laughs> it was revealed that it was Lumpy Space Princess or more importantly, like I like to call her, Princess Bubblegum. She's revealed herself. She's been popping up in vignettes and burying things. And everyone was wondering who it was. Some of us were. I was aware that it was Dakota. It just seemed a little too ominous for it not to be. And then Dakota made it very clear that she did what she did because Raquel deserved it. She left her in the wings. And then she beat her and crushed her dreams. So she figured since she took her dreams from her, she could very well steal her dreams as well. And well, the two ladies have been at each other's throats ever since. And since there was no resolution to this feud, War Games was the perfect playground for these women to battle it out. Now, everybody that I have mentioned up until now has a proper footing in this match. But there are two wild cards here. One is the ever wild and ever dominant Kaylee Ray. An agent of chaos and most definitely going to bring the chaotic energy. She's a wild horse because technically Kaylee Ray doesn't have a dog in this fight. Quite frankly, she feels left out and she was tired of being left out of the fight. So she joined the side who didn't have enough people. Simple. At least that's my interpretation. If you have a different one, let me know. Not to mention Toxic Attraction did call her a freak. So, I mean, if you want to use that as a means of her jumping in, then by all means, live your best life. And finally, the final member of this set, the final member outside of Io Shirai is Cora Jade. So Miss Cora Jade is a newcomer, very much a rookie, but good in the ring, solid wrestler, bit of a skater girl, kind of one of those e-girls, you know, fun cute and bubbly and a great personality she has her issues with Dakota Kai as well and therefore she was added to the match another wild card and I'd like to think that she would also be an agent of chaos in this match we'll have to wait and see how this plays out and finally we have our veteran we have the girl who's been in this match multiple times Miss Io Shirai 
always a wild card, always someone you're looking at to see what they are going to do. Her gripe is exclusively with toxic attraction. JC and J, JC and Gigi Dolan have her titles. Her and Zoe Starks were champions for quite some time. And surprisingly, they beat Gigi and JC on one occasion. And now they lose it in a ladder match, which was at Halloween Havoc with Indy and Persia and, of course, Toxic Attraction involved. Zoe Starks hurt her knee, and then she was unable to compete. After that match was over, she was attacked again that Tuesday by Toxic Attraction and put on the shelf. She's going to be out for quite some time. Now, as much as Zoe Starks isn't exactly Io Shirai's best friend, she was her partner in crime, and without her, she can't compete for those titles again. So, of course, she was pissed, and she said it herself. I may not like Zoe Starks, but I don't like you even more. And therefore, she took on the, the Toxic Attraction team all by herself. But she got a little help from Cora Jade and, of course, from Kaylee Ray later on down the line. So the task is complete. Our teams are set. Toxic Attraction and Dakota Kai. Raquel Gonzalez, of course, came down to help as well. Sorry, I forgot about your girl. Raquel Gonzalez, Io Shirai, Cora Jade, and Kaylee Ray make up the opposition. Who is going to win? Well, my theory is usually spot on. Whoever gains the advantage before war games usually comes out to be the loser of war games. If you look at the track record of war games, that is bound to happen. That's my working theory. And from my understanding, that's exactly what's been happening for the last couple of years of war games. But you decide what you think. Who do you think is going to win? Is it going to be Toxic Attraction or is it going to be Io Shirai's team? I'm going to put my money on Toxic Attraction's team simply based off of my working theory. Speaking of working theories, let's get to the men's war games match. We have Tommaso Ciampa's team, the current reigning and defending NXT champion. And we have Carmelo Hayes' team, the current reigning, defending North American champion. So let's run down the storylines that brought us here to the rookies versus the veterans. Let's start with the veterans. Tommaso Ciampa is beyond a veteran of NXT. He's one of the pillars, a staple of the third phase to fourth phase of NXT. Ready-made stars already ready to go that have been exacerbated by the working machine of NXT and Triple H's magical hands. <laughs> That sounds really bad, but I mean, he does mold and shape the talent, right? Moving on. Tommaso Ciampa has been hit with the old man Ciampa bug. Everybody calls him old man Ciampa, although I don't mind a little bit of gray in my distinguished gentleman. I like Ciampa. I think he's cute. He has beautiful eyes. Okay, I can feel your judgment through the phone, okay? I can feel your judgment through the screen, through your headphones, and I'm going to need for you to dial it back 50 feet, okay? We all have that little dark horse that we all like and enjoy, so we're not going to judge me for having a crush on Champ. You mind your business, okay? 
Moving on. Tommaso Ciampa is your champion. And of course, NXT is moving on to greener pastures. There are new blood in NXT and they are hungry. They are desperate and they are chomping at the bit to prove themselves. In walks the effervescent Ron Brecker, a true meathead at his core. A Steiner, although they don't want to admit that he is a Steiner, but otherwise, he looks just like his dad. Just giving you a heads up. And Uzi, Ron Breaker made his debut and was a banger. He's a great athlete and he's very old school looking and presents himself in the way that the old school superstars of the WWF used to come about. In the days of his father, which you can't be mad at him. I mean, he is a Steiner, by the way. With all that being said, Ron Breaker had a great debut match against L.A. Knight, who was also in this fight. Another looker. Anyway, (laughs) who was also in this fight and 100% dominated in that match. L.A. Knight took an L to Ron Breaker in one of the most epic fashions. And while Braun Breaker moved his way up to the top of the mountain very quickly, he quickly realized that it takes a lot more than having a lot of power and a lot of mouth in order to be champion. You've got to be a lot more crafty than to just be talented to be able to take a title from Tommaso Ciampa. With all of the work that Braun Breaker put in and all of the time he put in to get to the moment, when he finally got there, His biggest problem was underestimating the prowess and the intelligence of Tommaso Ciampa. Ciampa has always been a thinking wrestler. What do I mean by that? I mean, he's the kind of guy who's very dangerous because his moveset, the way he operates, and how he competes against you changes by the opponent which makes him hard to compete against because you never know what he's going to bring to the table he's not going to always run with the same moves they may happen but they'll happen in different intervals because he's facing someone who is different from the last that makes him dangerous because at any given moment he will switch and change something and you can't prepare for that so what was Braun breaker's biggest issue Braun Breaker's biggest issue was his ambition, and he did not think his way through. He didn't understand that Tommaso Ciampa was smarter than him, and all he had to do was wear him down. With all that power and all that brawn, he still was a wet-behind-the-ears rookie who didn't have what it took to take out the king of NXT, Tommaso Ciampa. And Goldie remained on the arms of the king. So, of course, Braun Breaker's been a little bit salty for the last couple of months. And now we have L.A. Knight and Grayson Waller. Now, to Grayson Waller's credit, L.A. Knight's been a bit of a thorn in his side. I think it was a little bit of envious. He was a little envious of the kid. He came in, he lost a couple matches, but he has great personality. He shines through. He's a very attractive young man. And on top of that, he's not a bad wrestler. He actually is very good. 
Meanwhile, LA Knight's been there, and at the best, he might have won the Million Dollar Man Championship, but he ended up losing that back to Cameron Grimes. So LA Knight felt like he was in a bit of a rut, and he was very threatened by the fact that Grayson Waller was there, and he was not going to allow some rookie to take his damn spot. He was going to teach him his place. Well, Grayson Waller took it as long as he could, and then he started to get a little bit full of himself. He's like, man, old man Knight is really jealous of me. I mean, he's got to understand the game has changed. It's all about likes, clicks, and follows. And his old decrepit ass isn't going to stop me from getting to the top. Oh, nay, nay. I'm Grayson Waller and I'm here to stay. These two have been at each other's throats for months. It imploded. And they beat the hell out of each other on national television. And Grayson Waller officially became a heel. And L.A. Knight became an ever-loving anti-hero. Moving on to the next feud in this fight. You have Carmelo Hayes, Trick Williams, and of course, Johnny Gargano and Dexter Loomis. Now, while I'm adding extra people in here from Trick and Loomis, this lends to the credibility of the story. So just hear me out first, and then we'll get to the end. I promise. I'll make it as quick as possible. Or as quick as I can talk. Because y'all know I talk a lot. And y'all come here to hear me talk. So just listen, okay? <laughs> Carmelo Hayes won the NXT North American Championship. And as fine as that man is, okay? <laughs> oh, homie is fine. He's become very arrogant, brash, disrespectful, and just outright out of his goddamn mind. And rightfully so. I mean, he's a champion now. Nobody's going to stop his bread. And of course, nobody like Johnny Gargano is going to get in my way. Now, while he respects the man, Johnny Gargano is the days of NXT past. And Carmelo feels like he most definitely is Le Future. Okay? And Trick being at his side, being the little devil on his shoulder, is making it even worse. Now, Dexter Loomis, Johnny Gargano, Carmelo Hayes, and Trick had a little feud that led to a Halloween Havoc House of Horrors situation. Johnny Gargano and Dexter Loomis stole Carmelo Hayes' championship and were forcing them to come to Dexter Loomis' House of Horrors to get it back. Now, we all seen what Dexter Loomis can do with the House of Horrors. This year was a little bit more campy than creepy, but, you know, whatever works for you. He ultimately ended up having the men follow through his house to get his title. It led to a little mini battle, but Carmelo and Trick were able to get the title back and escape the House of Horrors. Now, of course, Dexter and Johnny are friends because Johnny is Indy's pseudo-father and Dexter is his pseudo-son-in-law. If you want to know all about that, bitch, go back to NXT on YouTube and watch the wedding. And then you can see the previous clips for that. Like, all kinds of shit. I don't really want to go through that because it kind of kind of makes me throw up. But I will say that the wedding was fairly nice. I mean, compared to WWE weddings, this probably was one of the best solid weddings I've seen that people have actually gone through all the way with. Where nobody was kidnapped. And nobody was, like, pregnant with somebody's baby and didn't know they were pregnant. 
Like they weren't literally sexually assaulted into pregnancy. And nobody was like tricking anybody to marry him because, you know, they were faking pregnancy. If you want to know all about that shit, go back to WWE. I'm telling you. WWE has a shitty history with weddings, okay? I might do one of Alexis's wrestling history episodes just to help her out a little bit with the wedding situation. Because I think that's an interesting topic and I would love to do that. Anyway, if she will let me, I don't want to step on her toes. Any hoosies. <laughs> Dexter and Gargano have pretty much been on a high since they've gotten Trick and Carmella together. And even though they got their title back, they really did make it clear that they could pretty much take it whenever they wanted. Now, Gargano and Carmelo did have a match, and Carmelo ultimately ended up winning. And then, Dexter Loomis had a match. I'm not quite sure who it was with. Maybe you guys can kind of help me out with that. After the match, he was attacked by Carmelo and Trick. They put a chair on his hand, and they broke his hand. The WWE doctors backstage, or at least according to the story, said that Dexter Loomis would be out for over a month. He would not be able to compete, which rendered him unnecessary to the game. This has also put Indy in quite a funk, and her and her best friend have been going through it, but that's a whole other conversation for another day. Johnny Gargano, of course, was trying to defend his son-in-law because they've become relatively close afterwards. After all of this went down and after he was so opposed to him and Indy getting married, Johnny realized that Dexter really is a good guy that actually loves Indy and wants what's best for her. So he came around to Dexter Loomis, they bonded, and they became good friends. And with Dexter getting injured and his baby girl Indy being so heartbroken and distraught, he felt like he had to defend his family's honor. The way was being targeted and he was the patriarch and he had to defend them. Well, this led to a battle between Carmelo and Johnny Gargano and who would come in to save the day? His old DIY buddy with a chair. Coming in to save little old Johnny Gargano from an attack between Carmelo and Trick. I thought we were going to lose Gargano's hand in this fight. But, like I said, old man Champa came in and saved the day. Now, one would have to ask, how does Pete Dunne and Tony D'Angelo play into this situation? I'm going to be 100% honest. I have no idea. I didn't watch that part. I haven't seen Pete Dunne in weeks. And from my understanding, he was added to the match. But I don't know how. And I'm sorry. I am supposed to give you guys the story. And I'm supposed to be 100% adept on it. And I wasn't. I apologize. Wholeheartedly apologize. But Tony D'Angelo was added to the match, as was Pete Dunne. And therefore, the teams are complete. You have the veterans. L.A. Knight, Pete Dunn, Tommaso Ciampa, and Johnny Gargano. Johnny Wrestling for short. And then you have the rookies. Grayson Waller, Tony D'Angelo, Carmelo Hayes, and Braun Breaker. Make up your rookies. And they will be competing inside the vicious cage of war games. So who's going to will out? Is it going to be the ever scrappy? And always two steps ahead, veterans of NXT. With Pete Dunne as the bruiserweight. Johnny Gargano as Johnny Wrestling. Old man Champa with his Goldie in tow. 
And of course, the ever-thinking L.A. Knight. Or is it going to be the newcomers, the fresh meat, the freshman class, the newbies, the ones who smell the blood in the water, Grayson Waller, Carmelo Hayes, Ron Breaker, and Tony D'Angelo? Well, I'm going to be honest. I'm sticking with my theory. Whoever gets the advantage in war games is going to lose in war games. And old man Champa and the veterans are going to prevail. That's my choices for war games, both batches. I'm going to pick Toxic Attraction and Dakota Kai for the women. And for the men, I'm picking the vets. Let's move on to the rest of war games, shall we? The tag team titles are up for grabs. Now, MSK has been out of the title scene for quite some time, having dropped the tag team titles to Imperium. I believe it was at Halloween Havoc. I can't remember. But they did drop the titles, and Imperium have been champions. Now, of course, Legato Fantasma have been trying to get those titles for quite some time now. Okay? And, of course, there's a newly formed tag team, Von Wagner and Kyle O'Reilly. A very odd couple-looking team. So, at first, these two teams were very much staking their claim to their number one contendership. But instead of making both of them the number one contenders and having a full-on triple threat brawl, they let them decide it out in this week's NXT. It was Legado Del Fantasma versus Von Wagner and Kyle O'Reilly. And ultimately, Von Wagner and Kyle O'Reilly won the opportunity to challenge Imperium, who made it very clear, it doesn't matter who comes up against us, we will decimate anyone who stands in our way of retaining and consistently reigning as the NXT Tag Team Champions. So who do I think is going to win? Honestly, I think Imperium will retain. I think that Von Wagner is probably going to end up turning on Kyle O'Reilly. And then you have a nice little feud with Kyle O'Reilly and Von Wagner. If that's the case. If not, then you very well could have Lurch from the Munsters family. And Kyle O'Reilly as your NXT Tag Team Champions. When you could have had the Grizzle Young Veterans as your Tag Team Champions. But that is a conversation for another day. We move on to one of the sleeper matches. Or what I consider to be a sleeper match. The hair versus hair match. Now Duke Hudson is a bit of an asshole. It's not a bit, of it's a lot. He's a big asshole. He, quite frankly, is one of the most irritating assholes I've ever met. He's very reminiscent of what Barrett was, Wade Barrett was, when he was in NXT. Well, more specifically, when he was on the main roster. He was arrogant, he was brash, and he just, he got on my goddamn nerves. Which, to his credit, means he did his job correctly. And I think Duke Hudson is a good guy. He's just... He's a piece of shit as a character. Ugh. He just makes you want to slap the shit out of him, doesn't he? Okay, we're going to move on because I can go on about that shit all night. He's never really been a fan of Cameron Grimes. And now while I have never been a big fan of Cameron Grimes either, I will admit that him and his to the moon has grown on me. And he's a phenomenal wrestler. And I do enjoy watching him wrestle. It's just sometimes he's a dick too. But anyway, Cameron Grimes has been a face as of lately. Having a string of good and bad luck. 
Well, Cameron had a poker match with Duke Hudson. And Duke Hudson got embarrassed. Duke Hudson had a royal flush and could have easily destroyed, easily destroyed Cameron Grimes. But he was bluffed with just a pair. And because he was so angry and so upset for being embarrassed in front of the NXT audience, and of course the WWE Universe who was watching, he ended up beating the hell out of Cameron Grimes and cutting his hair and his beard. This was very humiliating and disrespectful and emasculating. However, <laughs> I'm not trying to abdicate for Duke Hudson's actions, but Cameron Grimes looks so much better with his haircut. I mean, everything is trim and put in place, and he looks really nice with shorter hair and with a shorter beard. He looks good. It makes you focus on what he really has going on with his face, which are beautiful eyes. He's a cute guy. Did I just say that? Did I just say that Cameron Grimes was cute? You know what? I'm going to stand in my truth. I did say that. I said that because... He is cute. I believe that he is a very attractive man. Kiss my ass if you don't. I don't care. I can smell your fucking judgment. It's rude. Stop doing that. Every time I say someone is attractive, stop it. You're being disrespectful. Anyway, Cameron Grimes came out the next week and was visibly upset. Broke my heart. I couldn't believe that Cameron was standing up there with his hair cut looking so nice and was so distraught. But when he explained himself about being bullied and being treated as if he would never go anywhere, that he would never be anything, and for him to get into NXT and get rich and then be the million dollar man, like to have that belt and to hold it and to be friends with Ted DiBiase and to get to where he is now and to grow his hair out, what he's been priding himself on doing for years and for all of that to be snatched away because Duke Hudson got pissed because he got bluffed in a game? Oh, nay, nay. Cameron Grimes was not having it. He called out his adversary and like the slimy little bitch that he is, he sat in the back in a goddamn barber chair from probably getting a fresh lineup that he desperately needed. I will say this, Duke Hudson, you're a nice looking man, but if you would tell your barber just to line it up just a little bit more on like a 45 degree angle, you would have a better lineup and it would look much better. Oh, and tell him to use a razor instead of being lazy and using the clippers. Stop it. Anyway, he made it very clear that he was only trying to help and that Cameron was overreacting while Cameron was visibly upset, tears streaming down his face. He made it very clear that he was not going to take this line down. He challenged Duke Hudson to a hair versus hair match at NXT War Games, and Duke Hudson accepted. So now, here we are, with a man who is defending his dignity and, of course, his hair, and another man who was just mad that he got bluffed he was outworked and outplayed in a game that he was not prepared for. So who do you choose? Do you choose the newcomer, Duke Hudson, who has amazing prowess, is actually a very decent wrestler and a hell of a character that you can just love to hate? Or do you choose Cameron Grimes, the ever-loving country boy from North Carolina, who 
who actually does have an amazing wrestling skill and has a Spanish fly that can make you cry when you see him executed, okay? I'm going to go with my boy, my blue-eyed king, Cameron Grimes. I think his eyes are blue. Ain't his eyes blue? I think his eyes blue. Don't quote me. I'm going to go with Cameron Grimes because, like I said, Cameron Grimes is going to the moon, baby, okay? And what do we want to do? We want to go to the moon. All right. We said it together. Great. Great. And finally, we have the final match of NXT War Games. We have Joe Gacy <laughs> versus Roderick Strong for the Cruiserweight Championship. Now, Joe Gacy is one of the most unique NXT characters I have seen in a very long time. Joe Gacy feels like this needs to be a championship for inclusivity. He wants to do away with the weight class limit for in for the Cruiserweight Championship and do away with the gender bias. He's very much all about inclusivity and making sure that everyone feels safe to speak their truth and to have a good chance of conflict resolution. Oh, you gotta love Joe Gacy, right? No. Side note, Joe Gacy creeps me the fuck out. He reminds me very much of a less invasive Bray Wyatt. He is very charismatic, very off-putting in his smiles and the way that he speaks. And I find him to make my skin crawl. But he's such a good character and I enjoy him. So thanks NXT for putting up Joe Gacy. Then we have the boring Roderick Strong. Listen, listen. Roderick Strong is an amazing wrestler. I think that his wrestling skill is unmatched by a long shot with a lot of people in WWE as a whole. But Roderick as a character sucks. He sucks. He's not menacing. He's not intimidating. He's not fun. He's not interesting. The best thing about Roderick is his wrestling. Even when Malcolm Bivens and his A Bug's Life looking face all over the screen, speaking for him and his other boring counterparts, he does nothing. There's nothing about Roderick that says, ooh, what is he going to do next? I don't care about Roderick like that. And I hate to say that, but he just doesn't do anything for me. So I would pay money for Joe Gacy to be champion. He would be interesting alone just to see what he would do. Not to mention he has an ace in a hole with his, I don't, I don't know what to call him. He, he reminds me of a pinhead with no pins. Parker Boudreaux is by his side and he is creepy looking. He looks like a skinhead. It's, it's scary. And Joe Gacy somehow has some fucking control over him, which is just weird. He's just weird. I Look, I just want that match to be over. I'm hoping that that is more of a palate cleanser than it closing out the show. Obviously, that's not going to close out the show. But I want that to be more of a palate cleanser than it being a focal point of the show. And quite honestly, it could open the show and just leave it at that because there's no other reason for it not to open the show. Because it just needs to. Like, I'm sorry. It just needs to. I can't do it. And that, my friends, is your recap and your predictions for NXT War Games. So, we're at 45 minutes almost, so let's get into 
my predictions one more time. Just to be safe. Just to make sure everybody heard me. Just to make sure you guys know what I'm talking about. Huh? In case you forgot. Because it's a lot of information to get in 45 minutes. And when we come to the end, you might forget who I picked. Yeah? Yeah. So let's get into it. Pick for the women's war games. Toxic Attraction Dakota Kai. Pick for the men's war games. Team Old School, a.k.a. the Veterans. All right? Pick for the hair versus hair match. Cameron Grimes. Gonna pick Cameron Grimes. I didn't pick anybody in that match. And I'm gonna pick Cameron Grimes. Pick for Joe Gacy versus Roderick Strong. I want Joe Gacy to win it, so I'm gonna pick Gacy. Those are your matches. And there is your storyline recap for NXT War Games. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you guys enjoyed my recap. I tried to make it as entertaining as possible, despite the fact that I didn't really watch all of NXT. And if y'all did, don't be clocking me, okay? Don't be clocking me. Like, just just enjoy the damn recap. Don't be coming in no damn anchor messages like, hey, man, man, it's Roger, not our show. Fuck you, okay? I did my best, okay? I'm a grown woman. I'm busy. I got shit I got to do. I couldn't see everything, okay? Okay. Y'all don't forget me. Y'all know my heart. Y'all know my heart, all right? All right. Make sure you guys check out War Games this Sunday. It is not December 3rd. I don't know why I said that earlier. It is December 5th. Goodness me. It is December 5th. This Sunday is when NXT War Games is coming on, okay? We have so many matches to get through. And, of course, two War Games matches to work through. It's going to be fun. I know a lot of people have a hard time watching WWE pay-per-views. But one thing about NXT, they do a very good job with their pay-per-views. And for the most part, WWE is solid with theirs. It's just the outcomes kind of outweigh the flow of the pay-per-view, if that makes sense. Any hoosies, War Games is coming on, and I hope you guys watch it and enjoy it. Make sure you guys let me know. If you're listening to us on Spotify, don't forget to answer that question that we put up on Spotify because I want to know who you think is going to win in NXT's War Games. And I will talk to you guys next time when it's time to give y'all the results of War Games. Love y'all. Bye. Follow us on our Instagram at D4TC underscore podcast, or you can always follow us on Twitter where we do all our postings at Down for the Count 19. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you guys next time. Bye.